You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 15th of July. The block, game four. More examples of the new NBA. We'll be talking about it and the impact it has in the league and the Jazz roster building. Plus, NBA draft by the numbers as we move down the ladder a little bit. What do we find? Do we find any gems or anyone we should be fired up about? It? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Uh, coming to you from San Diego, uh, again, apologize, no YouTube today, no video today, not the greatest quality as well, um, internet issues uh, at the room that they give me in the hotel to do the podcast so they don't bother all their guests early, early in the morning, um, and we're out here for, uh, I'll be traveling, frankly, for the next four weeks, so uh, it'll always be a little bit of a mix and a match of what we can get done on today uh, on the show every day. Today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the ultra moment moment of the week no question after last night what that is it's only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories it's only worth if you enjoy it stay tuned for the ultra moment of the week well let's just get to the ultra moment of the week right away that block by Giannis Antetokounmpo is was just one of the greatest blocks in the history of the game without a few I mean that's the LeBron may very well have changed the entire series it's the LeBron chase down block um, in the NBA Finals at that moment, he covered two plays at once. It's the old thing we talk about with Rudy of multiple actions. Um, I thought Giannis's quote afterwards, though, maybe exemplified him um, the best of anything, was just the pure committed effort that you have to have out there in these, in these moments. And it's what makes it such a great watch. It's why you have to have kind of been there before, in theory, to have done it. It's why you don't always make it. How bad do you want it, said Giannis. How bad do you really want it? Do everything physically possible to put yourself in a position to win this game. I think everyone was feeling that. That's what we did. It wasn't a pretty game, but we were just able to keep composure and keep calm. Uh, You know, last night, you've got Chris Middleton dropping 40. You've had Devin Booker drop 40, and you've had Giannis drop 40. And where stars come from and where they used to come from in this league used to be this very simple, straightforward, like top three, top five picks with almost no exception. Michael, Larry, Magic, you know, Moses Malone, Julius Irving in the ABA draft. Like you run Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, like Kobe was the one they manipulated the draft, they changed it. Kevin Garnett was unique as the first high school player. Like Dirk Nowitzki is the first foreign player. Like there were these storylines that like if there was an exception, it was that the league wasn't ready to understand that type of draft pick. That that was the that was the storyline on the NBA. So when Kobe and, and Garnett went, Kobe I think manipulated the draft, but also people for whatever reason weren't sure about eighteen year olds. And when Dirk came, people weren't sure about foreigners. Um, 
Now you have Chris Middleton, who is a second-round draft pick, who in a Brandon Knight for some other guard trade between Detroit and Milwaukee, Brandon Jennings for Brandon Knight trade, Chris Middleton got thrown in. He got thrown in in a trade from Detroit to Milwaukee. He spent the opening year of his career in the G League, and now he's busting 40 in an NBA Finals game and is an NBA All-Star. Like, that's just not a story that we ever used to hear in this league. And what's most interesting to me about this story is it all, if, if you think about that story, it would almost imply a lack of talent in the league, right? Because it's a, sec, it's a lower level player that rises up because there's a void and a vacuum of star players. And what we actually have is the exact opposite. We have the best athletes and players and depth the league has ever had in its history. We have not expanded in a tremendously long period of time. The young players of the world want to be Michael. They want to be Kobe and they want to be Steph. And if you're over 6'4", you're playing in the NBA. The best athletes in the world are playing NBA. Football kids don't aren't playing football at the same rate they once did, rightfully so. Unfortunately, we saw it on first hand with... Uh, uh, Utah's own Greg Clark last week. You know, CTE is real and scary. You're just not getting CTE playing basketball the same way you are playing football. So if you're 6'4 and you're a great athlete, like it's not, as LeBron said, I, I, my kid doesn't need to play. Um, and so NBA is at its this incredible contrast between the NBA being at its peak of talent, peak of available players, peak of interest, peak of stars, and at the same time, a game right now that is finding stars from other places. In other words, the Chris Middleton path, the Giannis path, mid-first-round pick, distant Europe player. It's a little bit similar to Dirk in the sense that, like, hadn't been seen that much. But what about Devin Booker? High recruit, goes to Kentucky, runs like 11 pick-and-rolls the whole season, plays 20-some-odd minutes, is... You know, not doesn't show an all-around game. And now he's dropping 40 in the finals. And these stories are endless. We see it with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Zach Levine didn't start at UCLA. Russell, like, and so there's something about the NBA game right now, and this is the new NBA, that is allowing players to show their skills and become stars particularly on the offensive end, dominant stars. In, and the talent is so high. And so we have the new NBA. And that is this league where somewhere in, the neck, in, th- in three games from now, two or three games from now, we will crown the fourth champion in four years. Where our discussion of great players, like is Devin Booker a top 10 player in the league? Is he a top 15? Is he a top 20? Is Donovan Mitchell a top 10 player in the league? Is he a top 15? Is he a top 20? Is Chris Middleton a top 10 player in the league? Top 15 player? So is it possible that Chris Middleton's like the 20th best player in the league and he just dropped 40 points in the NBA final? Is it possible that Devin Booker is the 15th best player in the NBA and he just dropped 40 in an NBA final? Like that's a different world than anything we have seen before in the league. And I think it leads to two different things. I think it means that there will be 
for a long time, unless something dramatically changes, salary cap blip, something of that nature, eight or nine teams of the of the 30 competing for a title every year because the star level is that high. And then the second thing that I think it means is it changes roster building. And I'm not entirely sure how it changes roster building. Um, the Jazz, I think, are a championship contender. And that's because you had the best record and you – you know, got through a playoff run. And, but I think instead of it being a championship contender with four other teams, you're a championship contender with nine other teams. So the only quick thought I have is that maybe roster versatility becomes more and more vital than it's ever been. And the reason I say that is you used to sit here and say, if you were in the Eastern Conference, and no, well, I've got to get through LeBron in Cleveland. And so I better build a roster that's going to get me through LeBron in Cleveland. But I don't know that you actually know that any longer who you have to go through. Like, are we going to build a roster to go through Phoenix? Are we building a roster to go through the Clippers? Are we building a roster to go through the Lakers? Are we building a roster to go through Denver? Because I would say they're all title contenders. And then the Jazz are the fifth. But then when Golden State's right, maybe Golden State's the sixth. And Dallas and Luka's going to be pretty close, and maybe they're the seventh. And so how do and then who's the non-playoff team that's going to replicate what the Phoenix Suns did this year? So building a roster, I think you better build a roster that's incredibly versatile, that allows you to be able to play different style teams because you just have absolutely no idea what your path is. You can go build your whole team to go stop Luka, but Luka might not ever, you might not ever see Luka, where you used to kind of know who you were going to see. And I think that's going to make a big impact. In regards to the Jazz specifically, it makes that we've got to find something other defensively than what we're doing with Rudy and offensively. Like there are going to be series clearly, in which Rudy's brilliance is harder than other series for him to be able to display that brilliance. And I do think we're heading to everyone playing five out. And so Rudy will have to kind of figure that out. Like, that's going to be the next evolution of his game is what he ran into, and also the Jazz, the rest of everyone, is guarding the ball. But what we're seeing is five out. Now, ironically enough, Giannis' play of the year is on drop coverage, just like Rudy. But Brooke Lopez was down to 19 minutes last night. Bobby Portis was at 20. So they played 39 minutes of bigs. A little bit because with the injuries, Phoenix does not have a backup center anymore since they're not willing to play Dar- Frank Kaminsky. And Dario Sar- with Dario Saric out, and so they have to deal with those minutes. They were minus two in those minutes when they kind of tried to piece it all together. By the way, interesting note, I've, I've complimented Phoenix for kind of the veteran bench that they built, in Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, and Abdul Nadar, and Frank Kaminsky. I think it's an interesting way to build your roster, right? I like the fact we had the most money spent, six, seven, eight in the league, and they kind of spent it later. And I like it, except for if you're just not willing to play Frank Kaminsky in the playoffs, then I actually am not sure what the purpose of 
of having him unless you just think he can cover a gap for you in the regular season. Our Michelob Ultra moment of the week is the Giannis Atatokounmpo block. That was everything that you love as a sports fan. It, whether you're rooting for the Bucks or not, it brought you joy. It was the effort and the relentlessness that he plays with. And that's the Michelob Ultra moment of the day. Joy, happiness, and enjoyment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. It's 2.6 carbs. It's 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. And Michelob Ultra's player of play of the week is the Giannis Adekumbo block. Hashtag ultra moment is from 2021. Uh Throw it out there. Hashtag ultra moment for the 2021 playoffs. Uh, the Unless you, if you have another selection or the Giannis block. Today's show is also brought to you by my friends over at Grip6. My favorite belt that's out there. Grip6. Absolutely terrific. Uh, does They do fabulous work. I've got my Grip6 belts for formal. I've got my Grip6 belts for golf. I've got my Grip6 belts uh, for, for chilling. Uh, yeah, me chilling. Uh, whatever that means, um, for a 50-year-old guy. Uh, it's all terrific. It's at Grip6.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 15% off. Um, I love their slogan, made to go where you go, which is exactly kind of what I was saying. I've got a Grip6 for every single circumstance. Also great wool socks and the wallet. The belt is engineered without holes, without flaps, without bulk. Quality craftsmanship. Utah company with an unlimited warranty. Go check it out at grip 6 Com. The honeycomb belt is right on the front page. That's always been a favorite of mine. $49 plus you get 15% off. Uh, pick your strap, pick your belt. You can actually pick another strap. Then you've got two belts with it or you pick multiple. They also have the, uh, they have the starter set for you um, set up. The other one I would tell you to go check out um, that I like. The premium series has the uh, forged carbon fiber belts that both I think look just terrific. Um, and check those out. Those are the ones that I use when I'm wearing a suit or something of that nature. The dark matter one is sold out, so go look at the forged carbon fiber belt. It's all at grip6.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft is coming your direction here shortly. The Ultimate Mock Draft is Locked On's Mock Draft. It'll come Monday. It'll be on a def- different feed than any of our other shows. It's on the Ultimate Mock Draft feed. Go search Apple, Spotify for that, and make sure that you... Um, Take a moment and subscribe and then get it sent to you when it comes out on Monday. It'll have uh, Ryan McDonough and Brian Scalabrini from Odyssey. It'll have all of our local experts, Chad Ford and our Raphael Barlow, our NBA draft experts, along with the draft dummies. And also uh, Richard uh, from Locked on NBA Draft, which is a fabulous show if you haven't grabbed it. It's got multiple hosts throughout the day. So uh, Ultimate Mock Draft comes to you on Monday. All right, let's get back into our numbers. For those that are new this week, you're tuning in for the first time this week. We've been doing this all week, so you can go back to past episodes. We look at some metrics for athleticism, some metrics for playmaking, some metrics for shooting, and we look at metrics for creating, and we try to put that together and see. And we've had moderate success. We're three years into this, so we don't have a huge sample size to be able to tell you what, what the answer is. Um, but it's it's interesting. Um, Cade, the kind of storylines we've had so far, and we'll, if you want to go back to some past episodes, is whether Cade Cunningham's numbers actually match up to that of other number one picks. 
Um, yesterday's show ended with a really interesting difference between the four-year player Corey Kispert and the young player Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Um, and so let's continue. Today we look at who's 14th on um, – I don't know whose draft board I'm using. Probably Jeremy Wood Sports Illustrated. Um, Jared Butler out of Baylor. Um, it's really not – you know, you, you wonder why Gonzaga played Baylor, and you look at these draft prospects, it's not a big surprise. Um, nor was it, frankly, a surprise to any here. Butler's a junior, um, six foot three, 195 pound point guard. In regards to athleticism in transition percentile, he's in the 70th percentile and nearly 100 attempts. That's really, really strong. Corey Kespert was, was better than that. Um, Davian Mitchell was better than that. Evan Mobley was better than that, but it's a pretty – that's a good number. 70% is a good number. Isolation percentage, he's at the 44th percent on 41 attempts, so that's not great. So he's – you know, he comes out okay on athleticism. His pick and roll percentage, I'm surprised, is low. It's at 53rd percentile for someone who ran 141 of them, which is the second most of any player um, I've seen so far in this draft uh, of the numbers we've run. We'll continue to run more uh, throughout the week. Um but 141, Cade ran 170 pick and rolls. He ran 141. He's this 53 percent's a little lower. Score percentage only at 35 percent of the time. So that's not that doesn't that doesn't like jump out at you as a great number. Here's what does jump out at you: his spot up shooting percentage percentage is in the 98th percentile. His spot up effective field goal percentage is 72nd percentile. So this very well may be Jared Butler, six three, out of Butler, out of. Jared Butler out of Baylor, uh, very well maybe the best shooter in the draft. His catch-and-shoot percentile, 98th percentile. He was 46 of 90. His unguarded catch-and-shoot percentile is in the 76th percentile. is 28 of 56. 56 is a huge amount of unguarded um, catch-and-shoots. In fact, the only person getting more is Corey Kispert, and that begins to make you wonder, you know, what are these guys? Pl- they're playing with great players, but maybe they know how to be a complimentary player. Um, before so shooting he is elite pick and roll he was okay athleticism he was okay creating surprisingly good for someone who didn't have the numbers on athleticism he's in the 77th percentile on 89 jumpers off the bounce he was 30 of 89 89 is a lot uh Cade took 148 which is a big question on him Davian Mitchell took 101 uh, a player we'll have here in a minute took 157 in uh, Miles McBride out of West Virginia. So 89 is a lot for him to be in the 77th percentile is pretty good. So that's a really solid all-around player. It's 6'3", 195. He's not long. He's not big. He's also a junior, so you have to start looking at age and wondering you know, whether or not that has an impact. But Jared Butler out of Baylor, middle first-round pick, looks pretty darn solid in a lot of different realms. Uh, let's go to West Virginia sophomore Miles McBride, 6'2", 200. Athleticism, when you hear 6'2", 200, does not peak out to you. His numbers don't either. 41 percentile and transition percentile. That's actually not good. Uh, Moses Moody out of Arkansas uh, is worse, um, who we looked at the other day. Uh, and Cade Cunningham's right there, which isn't great. Uh, isolation percentage, 41 percentile, so that's pretty low. Only Scotty Barnes out of Florida is less good. Um, so athleticism for Miles McBride out of West Virginia gets questionable. Pick and roll ball handling is in the 54th percentile, so kind of the exact same of where we just talked about uh, with with Butler. Uh, 100 opportunities in the pick and roll, so he ran a lot of them. 
Um, but nothing that's nothing that says wow there at all. Shooting's good. It's not Butler level, 98th percentile, but it's in the 82nd percentile. Um, spot up is catch and shoot is in the 92nd percentile, so he starts to get even better there. But just at 6-2, sometimes being just a shooter at 6-2 and 6-3 like Butler are, that's a hard number. Like we've seen Donovan and Mike Conley having sometimes a hard time getting those catch and shoot windows that you'd want them to get. But if you can back it up a little bit in this day and age and – and do that unguarded catch and shoot. He's in the 75th percentile. And his off-the-bounce creation is just average in the 50th percentile overall of college players. So he did take 157 off-the-bounce looks last year at West Virginia, which is just an incredible number. Um, so that's a, you know, I, I'd have to watch film and, and break this down and just understand, like, what shots was he getting? But being able to get 100, he, he does not look good in athleticism. And yet he's getting 157 shots off the bounce in, as a 6-2 guard. To me, that's a really interesting kind of contrast because usually athleticism is what yields you to be able to get the off-the-bounce dribble um, shot. And the athleticism numbers weren't great. And frankly, his shooting numbers aren't great. So is that just going to get evaporated when he gets to the league and guys are going to come down and he's going to you know, have no ability to get those shots off? Or is this a sign of like that he gets the league and he's got some special ability, herky jerkiness to be able to get those shots off? I, that's something you definitely have to take a look at and look at. All right, we'll look at uh, Joshua Primo out of Alabama, Zaire Williams out of Stanford, and if we can, we'll get to a really interesting Io de, de I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I couldn't do it the other day. I meant to check um, uh, out of Illinois, and uh, uh, he's. He's pretty interesting. So we have three more to look at today uh, before we're done. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Get the best experience out there by just staying at home. You have the internet. You can save money. You can do it with rockauto.com. Rock Auto has the best deals out there for a do-it-yourselfer or for a professional because all prices are reliably low and are the same for the do-it-yourselfers. A unique Easy to navigate, old school website. It's rockauto.com. Check it out today. Find out what's there for you. And when you check out, please make sure you write locked on in the how do you hear about us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. So who is the favorite to win the NBA title now? Well, the Suns, according to betonline.ag, are the are a four-point favorite for game number five of the NBA Finals. So the Suns would still be the favorite to win the series with games five and seven in their building, and they are a four-point favorite. Um, for you, the championship odds for next year are out. I mentioned the other day. The, here are the, you know, I just said there's like t- 10 title contenders. Here's what they say. Brooklyn's at plus two. 275. Lakers are at plus 450. Warriors are at plus 900. Clippers are at plus 1,000. Bucks are at plus 1,000. Suns are at plus 1,200. Philadelphia's at plus 1,400. And the Jazz are at plus 1,600. With a pretty good drop to Denver at plus 2,200. Dallas at plus 2,500. And Atlanta at plus 2,800. Miami, 2,800. Boston, 3,300. And Portland at 3,300. So the Jack, Brooklyn Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, Bucks, Suns, 76ers, Jazz, according to betonline.ag, are your eight 
most likely to win a championship next year with the Brooklyn Nets at plus 275 uh, along the way. The Suns, as I mentioned, are a four-point favorite uh, for tomorrow. Also, some new Olympic lines are up at betonline.ag. Use a promo code Locked On. You get a 50% welcome bonus. All right. Joshua Primo, Alabama freshman shooting guard, 6'6", 190. So this is kind of interesting. Keon, very similar to Keon Johnson. And same thing. The athlete, Keon Johnson did not peak out well enough. Let's Joshua Primo with a 6'6", 190 freshman, poor transition numbers, 26 percentile and 77 attempts. 8% isolation, so brutal, really, but only 18 attempts, but very limited. His pick and roll ball handling in the 16th percentile. His pick and roll score rate, 26 percentile. So athleticism primo comes out as not being primo. Pick and roll comes out as not being primo. Let's get to shooting. Knockdown. 93rd percentile shooter, 64 percentile spot up effectiveness, catch and shoot overall 92nd percentile, 31 of 70 on the year, unguarded catch and shoot 86 percentile. I mean, bona fide big time shooter. In fact, other than maybe Corey Kispert, this is the best shooting profile of any player that we've talked about yet. Um, so here you've got a 6'6", 190-pounder that can really stroke it. And then, interesting, he did not do a lot off the bounce. He's limited in that regard, but he was actually, excuse me, half decent. Half decent when doing it. Um, but he only did it 15 times. So that's not his game. So Primo is a pure shooter. And lack some of those other athleticisms. Zaire Williams, freshman shooting guard, 6'8", 185, in the same bucket, right? So Keon Johnson, 6'5", 1, freshman, 6'5", 190. Joshua Primo, 6'6", 190. Zaire Williams, 6'8", 185. This is kind of all in the same box. Maybe um, Moody's body's a little different at 6'6", 205. Scotty Barnes' body's a little more mature at 6'9", 227, or at least a little bigger. Um, maybe you put uh sophomore James Bachnight into this uh, out of Connecticut in kind of that bucket of players. Um, but anyway, Zaire Williams, 44th percentile in transition. So not great. Um, uh, but frankly, again, the big question to me on Cade Cunningham, his number is the same thing in 60, no isolation. Like he did not play isolation. He took eight isolation attempts all year long. Um, pick and roll ball handling. He was in the 32nd percentile in 85 pick and roll attempts. Pretty poor. In fact, we have had very uh, few players that poor with that kind of volume. In fact, the only one is all close is, is Bach Knight, who was in the 42nd percentile, and he's in Zaire Williams in the 32nd percentile. Pick and roll score rate was in the 27th percentile. Shooting, not good at all. 15th percentile shooting. So this is the worst shooter we've seen in the draft 16 percent actually the one worse um shooter in the is bach knight as well um his numbers are actually a little worse than zaire williams um and then his catch and shoot unguarded he only hit 10 uh, or 10 of 43 all year on catch and shoot and on his unguarded catch and shoot he only hit four of 16 uh, off the bounce, he was a little bit better, 28 of 83, but not a lot. And his effective field goal percentage was only 39%. So here is a project. And is that at 18 on the board? Did we really, did we just cross over kind of into projects? When you put those 
185 players. You've got more with Trey Murphy coming, but he's a little older. Um, JT Thor out of Auburn as a freshman, 6'10", 205, probably fits into this kind of this group a little bit. Maybe the set, Kai Jones, the sophomore out of Texas, though he's more of a power forward, um, at 6'11", 220. I mean, just kind of these long, lanky players. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it um, and look at their numbers as we get closer. All right. Um, I wish I was not so bad at pronunciation without a pronunciation guide, and I have not looked up a pronunciation guide, and I don't have internet because this has been the problem I've had this whole week. Um, so Ayu does, does un mu. Dyslexia never kills, just confuses. Dos unmu. Dosamu? Dosamu? Junior guard out of Illinois, 6'5", 200. This is interesting. 84th percentile for transition in 130 attempts. So one of the highest rates and a really good rating. Isolation percentage, 73rd percentile in 40 attempts. Pick and roll ball handling, 212 pick and rolls last year. Unbelievable amount. He's in the 69th percentile. I mean, that is, this is a very, very experienced pick and roll ball handler at 6'5, 200. Pretty interesting. Spot up, not great. 33 percentile in spot up shooting um, on 100 attempts. Catch and shoot percentile, 52 percentile, um, 17 to 47. Unguarded, he was only 10 of 28. His off the dribble uh, bounce, he, or off the bounce dribble, he took 101. Uh, this year, which is a lot. He's in the 70th, 69th percentile. So this is a pretty interesting kind of player to me. So clearly ball handler, 6'5", 200. And so you're putting him in the same bucket as a as a Jared Butler who ran 141 pick and rolls. You're probably putting him in the same bucket as a Davion Mitchell who ran 104 pick and rolls. Maybe you're putting um, him in the same bucket as a Miles McBride out of sophomore out of of West Virginia, um, and I think Jared Springer probably and some others that we'll talk about early. But of the guys we've seen so far in that kind of bucket of of smaller at six five, he's bigger than all of them, so that's his first plus. Number two, his his numbers are much better athletically than any of the other kind of after Davion. Davion Mitchell's probably are better, but of this next tier of kind of guard players that we're talking about. Um, Io seems to be a little bit better than that. And his ball handling pick and roll play is superior to that. So super interesting to me to see where he goes in the draft and what happens with him because there's those are some pretty good numbers for a guy who's 20 on the board. All right, we're moving closer toward the Jazz pick, and we'll do that uh, tomorrow uh, for Friday. We'll walk you tr- hopefully down close to 30. We'll continue it next week as well. Uh, the Ultimate Mock Draft is coming, so go subscribe to that. You can go listen to Locked on NBA Draft to get you up to date on all those things that are coming. It's right around the corner. Uh, have a great uh, – we'll talk to you tomorrow on the show and figure out uh, our latest breakdowns and try to get as close as we can to the top 30th, the 30th pick of the draft. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Have a good one.